And hi, everybody, back with uh, the message, the teaching for this evening. If you have your Bible open and would like to follow along with me, you can go to the book of Philippians, the New Testament book, where the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi, the Philippians, and um, he, he wrote this letter from prison. And uh, it's amazing how that, uh, even in, in, in uh, chains and in beatings and all the things that he went through, Paul was able to, uh, to, to, to speak to a scribe that was probably writing these down for him. And uh, he was able to dictate these incredible letters to churches. And uh, they're anointed of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God spoke to him, and he just, he just processed and put on, on uh, paper what, what uh, the Spirit was saying to him. And so we have the words of Paul to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter uh, 3 and verse 20. <clears throat> he says, our citizenship is in heaven. Did you hear that? Our citizenship is in heaven. Now, I'm an American citizen, and I am thankful for that. I have, have a passport that I travel with, and everywhere I go, when I show that passport, I'm identifying with the United States of America. And all of the strength of this country, all of the resources of, of this country are behind me and with me as a citizen. And it's really an honor to be able to do that. Um, it, trust me, there are certain places in the world where you get into situations where you're really thankful to have that passport. You're really thankful for an embassy, the United States embassy and so forth, uh, wherever you travel. But that's only my earthly citizenship. I have a citizenship in heaven. Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The power that enables Jesus to subject all things to himself. The power that is holding the world together by the word of his power, okay? That, that power <clears throat> will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body when the Lord Jesus returns. We're waiting for a savior, Paul said, the Lord Jesus, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by that incredible power that is holding the world together, the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Verse 21 of that third chapter. What an incredible thought that I have a citizenship in heaven and while my physical body can't travel there, I'm limited by time and space. I'm limited by the laws of gravity, the laws of physics and all the other uh, natural laws of this world, of this planet, uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't jump to heaven. I can't fly to heaven. I can't uh, get in a rocket ship and go to heaven. It, it just doesn't work that way. However, when the Lord Jesus returns, he will change me. He will transform my body, this old flesh body that aches and has pains and has, you know, struggles in life and so forth. We're going to be changed, my friend. The apostle said to the Thessalonians, he said it this way. He said, the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And he said, at that moment, the dead in Christ are going to rise. Can you imagine out of cemeteries around the world, the dead in Christ, those who have been laid to rest in their graves, their bodies already decayed, 
uh, and, and so forth. But God is going to transform them and they will take on a glorious body, a resurrection body at that first resurrection. Oh, what a wonderful time it's going to be. And it actually corresponds with the rapture. The rapture, when he catches us away, he raises the dead in Christ first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Not in our physical bodies, but in a glorified body, which we shall receive when the Lord Jesus comes. Why? How, how is that going to happen to Christians? Because we have a citizenship in heaven. We have the strength of heaven. We have the glories of heaven. We have the abundance and resources of heaven behind us and around us and in us and through us as we are partakers of his divine nature, as we are children of God, born again of the spirit of God, as we are uh, not the old creature but new creatures, all things passing away, all things becoming new. That's how you enter into this kingdom of God. This is how you have citizenship in heaven because of the kingdom of God and what Jesus has done for us. Now, let's talk for just a moment about character and the kingdom. There's, there's a certain uh, work that takes place in every believer when you are born again. God begins the work of sanctification or being set apart. Um, <clears throat> we, we have... Uh, we have addictions and bondages and mindsets and thought patterns that are impure and they're wrong and they're lustful and they're sinful. And, and we're just, that's the way we are when we're born again. Our spirit is made new, but there's still a work that needs to happen in our soulish realm, our emotions, our personality, our intellect, the way we think. Um, so many times <clears throat> I, meet, I meet people and I work with people all the time and, and they're, they may be born again, they may be saved and love Jesus and on their way to heaven, but they're still bound by some fleshly things. They're still under the control of their soulish realm. The soul is still dominating the spirit. And God wants to get us to the place where we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12 and 2, uh, well, 1 and 2 says, that, uh, Beloved, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He said, then he said, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let this world's system squeeze you into its mold of thinking. In other words, don't think like the world thinks. Uh, you're not of this world anymore. You're in the world, but you're not of the world, the Bible declares. So, so this world has no uh, allurement for me. It has no hold on me. It has no power over me. I am a child of God. I am washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm being renewed in my mind. I'm being, I am being uh, uh, not conformed, but I'm being transformed. My mind is being renewed every day. That's how Paul said to do it. He said, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God for you, for your life. God wants you to walk into his will. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to follow his will, to fashion your life after his will. It's not about my will. Jesus even declared, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And so it's not about what we want. It's not putting ourselves on the throne. It's not declaring that we know it all and have it all and, 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 and can tell it all. No, no, no. This, this story is not about us. This story is about the majesty of Christ. This story is about the greatness of God. This story is about the love and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm telling you, God is changing us 
from one level of grace and excellence to another, from glory to glory, he's changing us, making us to be more like his son, Jesus. So there's, there's certain things that must take place. Um, you can read about them in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Now, I don't have time in this uh, program, obviously, to, to, to read three chapters, but I want you to read that when you get time. It's the Sermon on the Mount. It's the greatest sermon ever preached. It was preached by the greatest preacher whoever walked. His name was Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the living Son of God. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he outlines attributes of people who come under the rule of his kingdom. People who are born again, they're born into the kingdom of God. He says, now this is, these are some things that will, um, that will you, you will reflect in your life when you become a child of God. He's saying this is not a way of salvation necessarily, but it is a way of life and living for true children of the kingdom. He references a lot of things in three chapters, obviously, but I want to just give you some that, that he references um, <clears throat> that are talking about attributes of people. These are some of the characteristics that need to be evident in your life if you are born again, if you're part of the kingdom of God. Number one is humility. Jesus refers to humility in chapter 5 and verse 3 when he says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for the, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. To be poor in spirit means you empty yourself and you're not on the throne, you're not in control, you're not in charge, but you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and you say, God, I ask you to be in charge of my life. I ask you to sit upon the throne of my life and, and, and as I am in the kingdom, I want you to be king, Lord Jesus. I'm tired of being the king. I, I've messed it up. I've made a mess of my life. If you'll humble yourself like that, my friend, those are characteristics that are vital uh, to men and women who are in the kingdom of God. The second one is the willingness to suffer persecution. Did you know that? Trials are going to come. Persecution is going to come. Jesus said that in this world you shall see tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And because he's overcome, we can overcome. Because he lives, we're going to live. We may die in this physical body, but I'm telling you, there is an eternal life that God has for you and I. It began when we were born again. It began uh, at that moment, and, and, and all of eternity is ours. We're going to live with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But we must be willing to suffer persecution. Um, number three, we must show an earnest attention to God's commandments. Be faithful to the commandments of God. Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Wow. That's the true test of love. Not lip service. Oh, I love you, Lord. Love you, love you, love you. No, no. He said, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll do what I tell you to do. You see. Also, the fourth uh, quality is a life of prayer. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 9. Uh, he taught the Lord's prayer for us. And this is a way for us to pray. That's a, a model prayer. You can, you can model your life, uh, your lifetime of prayer after the prayer that Jesus shared with us. Also, he said, I want you to prioritize spiritual values over material values. In uh, chapter 6, of verse, verse 33 of Matthew, he said, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the spiritual values of life and the kingdom of God, and, and his righteousness, his right standing, if you will seek that first in your priority, 
first in the, as your day begins, first as the week uh, transpires, the first of the year, seek God. This should be a season of fasting and prayer uh, for all believers. Our church here in Ada, we just concluded seven days of fasting and prayer. And I'm already hearing wonderful results that people are saying, you know, God did this for me. I drew closer to the Lord. I, I, I experienced something wonderful and incredible in God's presence because of the time of fasting and prayer. And oh, that's what I love to hear. I love to hear those reports when God's people share those with me. And it, it's exciting to know that God is working in people's lives. But this is the time to show him that you're putting his kingdom first, first in your life, in your list of priorities, the kingdom of God. Seek his kingdom, his righteousness. Then all these material things that you need in life will be added unto you. Jesus knows what you have need of before you even pray. The Father knows that. He knows what you have need of. He, 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 he's not stupid. You're not filling him in on all the things that he needs to know when you pray. No, you're coming into agreement with his will. You're aligning yourself with God's purpose and God's plan. And you're even saying, Lord, I don't, I don't know it all. I don't know why I'm walking through what I'm walking through, but you do. And somehow, some way, I'm going to get through this. You're going to bring me through to the other side. It hasn't come to stay. It's come to pass. All right? Whatever is in your life that's troubling you, whatever you're walking through, you're walking through. You're going to get through it. You're going to make it to the other side. God is faithful. Uh, he will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able to bear. But he will, with every temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, as he says to us in, in the 33rd verse of chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God, the spiritual things, then all these other things, the material things, will be added unto you as you have need, as your Father sees fit. You see, there are so many things in my life that I, th I think I want, okay? I think I want this, I want that. Oh, if I can only do this for my life. But that may or may not be in God's will. And I'm, I'm a, a wiser fella who will say, God, I want your will to be done. In fact, when Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, he said, we should pray, not my will, but your will be done. And then he said, he said I want you to, to pray uh, that... that, that uh, the kingdom would, be, would come into your life and the will of God would also come into your life. So the things that I think I need in life, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But it's a better way to pray. It's a wiser way to pray by saying, Father, you know what's best for me. And if this life is to include suffering and difficulty and hardship to bring me closer to you, then so be it. But Lord, if I can get around it and above it and beyond it, I don't really want to walk through that. You know, Jesus it, uh, spoke on the night he was betrayed in prayer of the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed and he said this. He said, uh, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, this cup of suffering. He knew what, lied ahead, what lay ahead of him. He knew that he would be beaten and he would be betrayed. He knew that he would be uh, nailed to a cross. He knew that he would die on that cross. So, but yet in, in, in his humanity, he said, if it's, if it's possible, Father, let this cup of suffering pass. I don't really want to go through this. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He taught us to pray that, didn't he? Not our will, but your will. Your will be done. If your will means suffering, if your will means loss, if your will means difficulty for my life, if I have to walk through those things, 
then so be it because I want the will of God to be done in me. So we're talking now about character in the kingdom. And before believers can exercise the authority that Jesus delegates to us, we first of all must accept renewal in our soul and in our behavior, as well as the rebirth through forgiveness of sin. It's not enough just to be born again. We must work and pray and fast and, and believe God to renew us in our soulish man, okay? Our will, our emotions, our intellect, our personality, all of that must be changed. All of that must come into alignment with the Word of God. All of that must come into alignment with the character of the Lord Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, live your character through me. May I be a man of love and peace and joy and long-suffering. May I be a man of gentleness and goodness. May I be a man of temperance and self-control. All of those fruit of the Spirit, Lord, I pray they would be developed in me as I walk with you in this world. Amen. Well, I'm going to bring this study to a close this evening. We'll be bringing more to you next Wednesday. I hope you can join us then here on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're watching us uh, at this particular time. And also, I would like to just invite you to join us uh, live in our, mor in our morning services on Sunday. Okay, we meet at uh, Life Community Church. It's a beautiful facility. We've got room for everybody, and we're actually socially distancing. We've got our, our rows marked off, so people don't get really close to one another just yet. And so when you come here uh, to the auditorium, you can, you can be socially distanced and away, spaced away from people and still be exposed to the worship that takes place and the singing and the preaching of God's word, the prayer for the sick, all the things that we do on Sundays. We'd love to have you come and join with us Oh my, I would just love to give you a warm welcome and meet you in person if we've never done that before. And so there's your invitation, my friend. Come and bring a friend and join us on Sunday at 10 a.m., okay? 10 o'clock at 3700 Prepaid Way. Okay, put that in your phone, 3700 Prepaid Way. And uh, your, your map should be able to help you find this area and you can just come and join us. Join, join me for coffee 30 minutes early. Come on out and, and have some coffee and uh, get acquainted with someone. We'd love to have you here. Now, I'm going to bring this teaching in this time to a close and uh, with, with a word of prayer. And if you have a need this, this uh, particular time, this evening, morning, whatever time you're watching, if you have a need in your life, I want to pray for you. If you have a sick friend or family member, someone who's suffering in their life and they really need God just to come alongside and walk with them. Maybe, maybe you're distanced from God. Maybe you're far away from God. Friend, let me tell you something. He loves you no matter where you are. In fact, uh, Jesus shared a parable with us, a story of a, of a boy who took his inheritance and, and took off and he ran away from home. He was tired of all the rules and regulations and he got out there on his own and partied and and uh, drank and had the women and the wine and the song and the friends. But then when he, out of, he ran out of money, his friends left. Hello. And he got so desperate, he found himself hiring out to a farmer, and he was feeding the pigs. That was his job, to feed the swine. And this is a Jewish boy feeding swine. It was just like the lowest you could get. And so he, he decided, he said within himself, you know, my father's house is really a nice place. In fact, the servants have it better than I have it. Look at me. I'm, I'm feeding pigs. This is a horrible existence. 
So he, he said within himself, he said, I'm going to rise, I'm going to go back to my father, and I'm going to confess, I'm going to repent. And he went through the whole uh, litany of what he was going to say. He said, I will say to my father, I've sinned against you and against heaven, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me a servant. So he practiced all that, and he came back home. And when the father saw the boy, he was out looking for the boy. When he saw him, he ran to him and opened his arms, and he, he hugged him and drew him close to him. And he treated him like he had never left. He just, they had a, a party, a celebration. He gave him a robe. He gave him a ring. He gave him shoes. He said, listen, you're, you're my son. You are, you've always been my son. Even when you were away from me, I loved you. Even when you were in the pig pen, I cared. I looked for you. But now you're back home. It's time to rejoice. Friend, listen, Jesus gave us that story for you. If you're the boy in the pig pen, if you've gotten away from God, and it is so, it's just like you're so distanced, you don't even, you're thinking, man, I can't even start over. I don't even know what to do. I, if I, go to, I can't go to church. People will think bad things about me. I, I can't, they can't see my face. I just can't. Listen, don't let the devil beat you up about your past. Don't, don't let your past dictate your future and determine your destiny. God has something for you. You, though you've been out there wandering and, and, and sitting and carrying on, it doesn't, that, none of that matters. God loves you and he wants to restore you. And he says, come back home. So today you can come back to God. Even You don't even have to come to a church building or a service. You don't have to have a preacher lay hands on you. That's all well and good, but, but you can receive Christ right where you are. You can ask God's forgiveness right in your living room right now. I want to pray with you about that, okay? Okay, if you're lost and away from God, say this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I now confess him as my Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead so I could have eternal life. I receive all of the forgiveness and all the cleansing. I make Jesus Lord of my life today. I turn my back on sin and evil. And I thank you for a new start in Jesus' name. Oh, friend, listen, I hope you prayed that prayer with me. And if you did, I would love to hear from you. Love to meet you on Sunday. Love to shake your hand. Love to pray with you. Um, love to just have a cup of coffee with you. Or, or if, if that's not possible, then drop us an email. Would you do that? Or call and, and, or text or something and get in touch with us. We'd love to, to see you. We really, really would. Well, our time's gone. And uh, so I want to remind you to to give to our ministry. And you can do that real easily if you want to return the Lord's tithe. If you're not able to on Sunday or you're not attending services and you need to return his tithe, then by all means do so uh, at the, uh, the numbers we're giving you on the screen uh, here in just a moment. And uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he give you his peace. May angels go before you and goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you.